you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thanks so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B. and J-Mac are on tap to help us navigate the show. Mm -hmm. Today, we are asking the question, uh, what if cowards lead? What if cowards lead? Like, Mm. What would that look like? Could there be (laughs) um, a redefinition of things like decency, like when we throw around that word? Um, We've always understood that to be sort of like a commonly understood um, moral stance or moral behavior. Mm. But I think historically for us in the United States of America, that morality was rooted in the knowledge of God. Amen. And it was prevalent, right? Yes. Like the knowledge of God and by extension, the knowledge of God, the fear of God, okay, was prevalent in the United States. Yeah. But as we have seen and as we are living in right now, we are living in a nation that is hostile to God. And I, and I know that so many people... When we talk about things like this, they're just sort of like no bad news, man. Like, just don't tell me that, you know, Mm. but I I think it's important for us as Christians living in this country to do battle in the most effective ways. Right. To get our strategy from the Lord, to operate according to his leading, um, the power of the Holy Spirit who indwells us, who leads us. And uh, and unfortunately, we're often caught off guard because we have made um, our allegiance. um I guess the strongest we've made our allegiance in the areas that are uh, futile Hmm. and that will kind of fade away. But it doesn't seem like that in the moment. It seems like those are really, really super important things to form strong alliances or to, to, you know, to, to pledge your allegiance to. And so we start fighting in that area. And as soon as we start doing that, we recognize that there are some things that we've taken for granted. And so I want to talk about that. And I want to use a couple of stories, both of which are stories that Will the Great sent to me. One came a couple of weeks ago and I was thinking about that and kind of wanted to, you know, don't want to be first out of the gate to pounce on a person. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But you do want to say, hey, that's a problem. I don't care what you've done in the past, but you said that and that's a problem. So we need to deal with it. So we'll look at a story from a couple of weeks ago and then we'll look at a story that's um, out last week. And when I was reading the story that's out last week, and, and we'll talk about it, we'll go into both these stories. I was actually reminded of um, our prayer meeting. Our local assembly holds uh, corporate prayer every Thursday night and where our, our fellowship, those who are able and willing, join and pray. We join for one hour and we pray and the Lord leads us in prayer. We believe we take very seriously that command that we should be praying and that the Lord's house will be a house of prayer. Like, Amen. I mean, it's Amen. amazing. It's a house of so much other stuff. Like, <laughs> it's just it's crazy to me, you know, more activities, more this, more that. But <laughs> it's like prayer. People don't have time for that at all. It's <laughs> like, but that's what the house is supposed to be. A house <laughs> of prayer, you know. Right. Um, anyway, that's another program. But on last Thursday, when we gathered, one of our brothers uh, was praying. You know, how you have those moments where um, you have a you have a, a, a brother or a sister in Christ. They're praying and man, the Holy Spirit just um, kind of shines a light 
on that prayer request or on that, you know, that intercession. And this brother was praying last Thursday and he prayed that the Lord um, would keep us from cowardice in this hour, Mm -hmm. that the Lord would give us courage, that the Lord would make us bold. And then he referred to Revelation 21 and he said that the cowardly would not inherit the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. So he was just crying out to the Lord that the Lord would keep us from cowardice, that we would not be cowardly. And I've been thinking about that off and on um, since that prayer meeting. Like, what what does that look like today? Um, how do we see signs of cowardice uh, being normalized among yeah. Christians? And I think that um, the normalization of cowardice has um, overtaken us in subtle ways, but that doesn't mean that there has not been an overtaking, right? Like, sometimes we think of an overtaking, like, force and just, like, swift and, like, boom, all of a sudden, you know, like a rushing of water. Mm-hmm. But really, I think it's been an overtaking that has been more similar to, like, a trickle. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. nonetheless, nonetheless, it's done damage. If you have something that drips in the same spot for a long time, it could wear out that spot. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Right? Yeah. We've seen it. I mean, it doesn't, it, right? It's just time, just time, just dripping mm-hmm. in that same spot, in that same spot. And I think there's so many cultural issues that Christians um, <laughs> been dripped on, like that, just right there, boom. Yeah, boom, yeah. Boom, it, it's boom. a praying that we would not be cowards, you know, in, mm-hmm. in this day, but also... Yes. Praying for uh, the church mm-hmm. because a lot of these things tend to wear down just like that drip. That's it. You know, it's like so much. If you're not, if we're not praying, mm-hmm. we will get easily worn down by yes. the things that are happening around us, you know. That's right. And so it, it's very important to pray in, in those ways. That's right. It's praying and it's praying in accordance with the scriptures. It's praying in accordance with the word of God, like believing truly that what we read is worth us praying back to God. It, it's yeah. worth us uh, taking to the Lord and it's worth governing our lives that right. this is absolute truth. And so having said that, and and of course we're going to look at the scriptures, anybody who listens to our program, um, you know that that's where we hang out. Our questions are always when we look at culture, what does the word say and how do we apply it? Mm. That's it. That's, that's how mm-hmm. we calibrate our lives. And we're not going to change our message on that. We're not going to stick our finger up and see which direction the wind is blowing or find out where conservative pundits are standing. Because as you're going to hear today, um, if that's your source of truth and if that's your source of influence, then what you could actually find is that you are following cowards. You Mm. are following people who have not been shaped by the word of God and therefore they're just shaped by the times. They're just shaped by what becomes culturally normative. And that's a huge problem. And so um, so a couple. So first, let's go. Let's go to the article here. Uh, conservatives should not. And this is from LifeSite News. Uh, conservatives should not applaud David Rubin and his gay partner surrogate baby news. <laughs> Guys, this is troubling. What is troubling is the in your face affirmation that there is a boldness here that um, just sort of, I I would say, confirms that we are no longer hiding our weaknesses, right? Like we, we, and and those who would identify as conservatives um, and whatever that, whatever that means to you, right? You identify as conservative. um, It seems for a long time that conservatism has sort of been taken a jog away from the truest definition of what it is to be a conservative, both in the church, you have conservative and liberal churches, right? But even in the church among conservative churches, you've seen sort of like a jogging away, just a, 
you know, this mm-hmm. and this. It's it's happening everywhere, right? Which is why we always have to constantly go back and we say, the word of God, the straight edge. That's the right. word of God, the straight edge. The straight edge. So I recalibrate by the word of God. By the word of God. That means that if you've got somebody who's leading an organization or who's um, leading a church and that person jogs away from truth, you don't have to go with them. You stay right there. Mm. You stay right there, firmly rooted, planted in the truth. So here's a story from uh, LifeSite News. On March 16th, podcaster Dave Rubin of the Rubin Report. Some of you may listen to him and some of you may champion him. I know that there are a lot of homosexuals who are active within conservatism, that a lot of conservatives who are Christians and they should be Christians first, but a lot of them champion the homosexuals because conservatism champions the homosexuals. Guys, that's a problem. Yeah, yeah. That's a problem. Yeah. I'm, look, I, y- y'all know um, that the Addisons do not do PC. We don't try to make people comfortable in their sin. If we really believe what the word of God says, we're not going to ignore a person's clear rebellion against God because they benefit our party. Mm. Guys, that's a problem. And it's, it's all to me, it's, it's getting pretty close to describing a type of wickedness where you've got a self-serving agenda. Um, I will never, ever, 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 ever forget. I will never, ever forget being gathered among a large group of Christians, a large group of Christians where Dennis Prager was speaking And Dennis Prager said that a Christian said to him, yeah, it's almost kind of good for us that you're not Christian, that you're Jewish, because, you know, you can say things that they just drown us out because we're Christian. So it's almost it's kind of good that you're not Christian. Mm -hmm. Man, I you know, I did husbands and wives. Y'all know that moment where you're sitting and you hear something and and you will squeeze your spouse just like what? (laughs) I think (laughs) Will the Grace got many bruises on his knee because I'm like, (laughs) oh, man. And, and you've, you've got to not really truly believe the truth of the gospel to, to joke about someone's eternal destination, which for sure is hell if you don't accept Christ and say, but it serves our interests now here. This is a mm. temporal institution that you're talking about. And you say it serves your interests. So it's almost good that you're not Christian. Whoa, woe to you. Woe to you. And I don't know who told Dennis Prager that, but man, I agree. That's why when we talk about, look, like, um, like uh, Ben Shapiro. Mm-hmm. I've said it before and I will say it again. I think that Ben Shapiro has been given an incredible gift of intellect. He is, he is sharp man, but he does not accept Jesus Christ as Messiah. So all of the sharpness Come and all on, of man. the intellect that has been useful in this world mm. that has been useful man. in this age. Do you understand? Do you understand what awaits him who has not accepted the clear sacrifice, the sufficient sacrifice that is Jesus Christ. And people will say, but man, he certainly served those conservatives well, but that will be nothing in the life to come. And think about that. Think about that. So if a person says that, they're, they're saying that I'm all right with you going to hell. I don't as care long if you as, hell. you know, you continue to benefit our party and our. Help you me know, right now. Yeah. It, it, it's amazing that That's someone wicked. who would be in Christ would say something like that because, and that, that shows where the heart is and that shows idolatry. Because if you're saying that you, you, you are okay with somebody not making it to heaven, going to Come hell, on, man. you know, because you are strategically helping our cause here on earth. I mean, that's, that's amazing. That's really mind blowing. It's mind blowing. And, and I will say that as Dennis Prager shared that story, he was kind of laughing about it and the audience all laughed with him. The Christians all laughed with him. And, and to a certain extent, I understand Dennis Prager's laughter because he doesn't know. 
Do you understand right. what I'm saying? His eyes have not been opened. But if you tell a joke, you think it's a joke or you share a story or an anecdote like that with a Christian audience, there should have been a there should have been a convicting hush that came over that room that Dennis Prager should have been like, wait, that's not funny to y'all. That's not funny. There should have been there should have been a collective hush that who in the world would say that to you, Dennis? No, the, the people who are like, he making those Prager you videos, buddy. That's the people who would say that to him. And that's a shame. Back to this article, yes. the Rubin Report. Some of you probably listened to it. Uh, Dave Rubin tweeted out two photos of himself and his gay partner, his homosexual partner, holding ultrasound photographs and a sign that read, coming soon, baby number one, eight, 22, 22, and baby number two, 10, 14, 22. Back to this article. These presumably are the projected due dates for when the surrogate mothers Reuben and his partner hired will give birth. Beneath the tweet, beneath the tweet, the congratulations rolled in. <laughs> Glenn Beck's Blaze TV offered congratulations. So did PragerU, Megan McCain, and conservative activist Christopher Rufo. I've used so much of his resources, like so many of his resources. He's done extensive work mm -hmm. exposing where critical race theory is permeating in, um, uh, across our schools, across our uh, public education sphere. And Christopher Rufo has been incredible with his research. Mm -hmm. um, but you understand that Romans chapter 1 tells us very clearly that it's not only those who practice this sin and this wickedness right. that deserve God's judgment, but it's also those who give approval of it. Like there are people who have questions. They wonder, they're like, well, you know, they're like, I wouldn't do it, but I just don't feel like it's my place to speak out against it. Why not? Why? To me, there is a revelation that there is a certain disconnect from what you say you believe. Mm. You don't really believe that then you don't really believe the gospel that you say you've accepted. If you feel like you can't really tell people the truth, like you can't really interrupt their sin to tell them the truth. Blaze TV, Prager U, Megan McCain, this article says, conservative activist Christopher Rufo, many other purported conservative figures joined in. As it turns out, there are plenty of conservatives who are entirely supportive of gay men, homosexual men, I would say. I, some of the things I'll edit this article, I think the article is well written. I just have a few issues with it, you know, but I, I can edit it on the fly. Turns out that plenty of conservatives who are entirely supportive of homosexual men renting the bodies of two women in order to procure children who will be raised without mothers. There are a right. whole swath of, of conservative people who have no problem with this. We'll grab the break and we'll come right back. What if cowards lead? What if we what if we say these are your leaders and they just so happen to be cowards? The consequences are dire. We'll take the break. We'll be right back. See on the hill of Calvary my savior bled for me. My Jesus set me free. And look at the wounds that give me life Grace flowing from his side No greater sacrifice What he's done Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. Appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's what he's done. Passion. Back to this LifeSite news article written by Jonathan Van Maren. Um, he's talking about the conservatives flocking to um, celebrate David Rubin and his homosexual partner as they have hired two surrogate mothers. Um, 
to bring children into the world for them. And, you know, it's really difficult to understand how these people who call themselves conservatives could believe that they're fighting um, for the sanctity of marriage and for the dignity of the way children are to be raised with both a mother and a father um, while supporting and cheering on these deviant men. But it's because I, I think it's because they don't really believe like they believe what is expedient for their political cause is mm-hmm. what's most important. So but do you think that they think it's only wrong when liberals do it? Like, is it is it a thing? Because like, so is it is it a thing where like if you have a problem and see this, I feel like goes back to I think it's Deuteronomy chapter 13, which I've only touched on, not really done a deep dive into discussing it on this program. I think this kind of goes back to if you've got someone close to you who tries to lead you in sin or lead you in rebellion against God, God's like cut them off mm-hmm. because they sought to lead you away. And and God in 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 his holy word covers all of the closest yeah. areas of relationship the relationships that we could possibly imagine. You need to just go read this. It's just, man, it's it's profound. Yeah. And then you think about where we are today. But again, the things that were written were written aforetime for our learning. Yeah. Um I wonder if it's sort of a, well, you know, Ruben's one of our own. Mm-hmm. So even though this causes like some kind of conflict for us, but you know, we've we've kind of baptized him as a conservative. He's come out of the dark into the light, but they're not talking about the gospel. Right. They're talking about that he's left liberalism right. and he's come to conservatism. Right. And so we welcome him. So we we pour water over his forehead and now <laughs> dub him um conservative. Right. And see that's and the, that's the thing. That's more important than being Christian. Right. So and and it's different from being yeah. Christian. And so yeah. when you talk about other conservatives who are, you know, saying yay and giving props, not all of them are, you know, Christians. Exactly right. You know, and so exactly right. There's a difference there, and I think when you when you're not Christian, yeah, you can accept, you can make the tent bigger and say we can have more people in and, and celebrate hey, it openly, know. exactly, without the fear of criticism. Exactly. I, I went to the tweet. I was looking at the tweet and um, just trying to see who else was under there. Um, I also noticed that uh, I think her last name is Pushaw, Christina Pushaw, who is the spokesperson for um, Governor DeSantis in Florida. Mm. She was giving her congrats, you know, and I was like, ah, oh, what a disappointment. <laughs> really, what a disappointment, yeah. because I think that she's been killer um, mm-hmm. in, in helping um, Governor Ron DeSantis. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think that she's been really critical in helping to um, keep on message and and you know i think she's presented sort of a message goals type scenario down there in florida <laughs> and this was just really disappointing to read but again i'm i'm i think what you're saying here is well stated we have to make sure that we always have a distinction in our mind that just because a person identifies as conservative does not mean that person is also by extension identifying as christian that's right unfortunately that's what we've thought and that's wrong it's erroneous thinking mm-hmm. um you know and it causes casualties uh, back to this article. As it turns out, there are plenty of conservatives who are entirely supportive of homosexual men renting the bodies of two women in order to procure children who will be raised without mothers. In debates surrounding adoption by same-sex couples, the focus is often on whether or not two moms or two dads can be great parents. That discussion entirely misses the point, Ben Marin writes for LifeSite News. A man cannot be a mother and a woman cannot be a father. Motherless children are a tragedy. Fatherless children are also a tragedy in situations such as those orchestrated by Ruben and his partner. The tragedy is an intentional one. It's an intentional one. It it just really it just depends on if you really still believe that that 
God's design is best. Yeah. That's that's really what we're asking. And again, and I always say, and you know, this this makes me a simpleton, but I always say, go back to the word and ask the question like what's in the scriptures? Yeah. Yeah. What's in the scriptures? Like, what has God told us about his design for family, his design for marriage? What has God told us about his desire for sexual intimacy and the design mm. of those bodies? Mm-hmm. Like these things are they they self-present, right? Like they 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 declare themselves, right? <laughs> to be facts. I mean, it just, you know. And you talk anyway, and you talk about, ahead. you know, the whole thing if Kyle Woods lead, I think as Christians, is going back to the other point. We better mm-hmm. be careful that we're not letting just conservatives <laughs> lead us. That's right. You know, as That's Christians, right. we're led first and foremost by Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, the Word of Amen. God. Amen. And so I think, man, we because we can get these things so conflated, man, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we allow ourselves to become fans of some of these conservative, you know, talking heads. And we're like, we'll follow them wherever they go. And they're going to take us right down to, you know, so as a Christian— you're not following someone because they're conservative, hmm. you know, not as a Christian. We're following those who are led by the spirit of God. Man. You know, those are the sons of God. Yeah. And, you know, and better make sure that we're following the Holy Spirit. Amen. And 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 when we are, we will better be able to discern when people are actually on our side. Yes. Do you understand what I mean? And, and see, this is why. And another thing that we've watched happen in our culture and and and. You know, the Addisons will talk about this all the time, whose sides. Right. And, and like who who who's our people and what's what's our us versus our them and all mm-hmm. of these things. And so you've got a culture that's really caused people to be kind of confused on that. So people are always trying to find like their tribe. Mm-hmm. They're trying to find their group. They're trying to find. And it's it's really usually based on the way the culture <clears throat> excuse me, has sort of like marked those things out. Yeah. Like the culture has delineated these groups like and 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 sectioned them off. <laughs> and so then what you do is you just take the already measured out groups and then you just go stand in one. Mm. Well, that's folly. Right. Like that really right. is folly right. because really what happens is when you come to Christ, you now are a member of a new community. Amen. You are a member of the body of Christ. In fact, it's the highest association or affiliation that you can have. Amen. As it is, we live in a culture that has downplayed that affiliation. Why? Because if you can wrestle people away from their so-called weak religion, then you can control them. Mm. So you understand that we live in a culture, even the Marxists want you to not exalt Christianity above conservatism. Mm. They don't want you to do that right. They, right. because religion, as they would have said it. Now, we we understand what we're talking about here, namely Christianity. Mm-hmm. But you understand that the Marxists saw religion as a threat. They didn't want that to be your highest allegiance. Mm. And they also saw family as a threat. So if you could break down both of those, right, like you still let people keep their conservative label, you can still call yourself a conservative. We don't care. Right. But just don't let that have any significant definition that might point to the authority of scripture. Right. Like, why are you a conservative? Where do you get your where do you get your views from? <laughs> are they underpinned by scripture? Are they anchored in the word of God? Or is it just some sort of like arbitrary term that we take because we've taken sides and well, I'm not that. So the default is not that then this. Mm. Right. Mm. That's, I mean, that's kind of where we are. That's kind of the way we talk about these things, which and I think it's I, it should be startling and it, it, it should be sobering. For people to recognize that even the Marxists don't want you to have a high allegiance to Christianity. Yeah. They don't want you to have a high allegiance to your religion. They want you to have these groups that they have determined and then they can put you off in those groups. Well, Christianity include, stands in include, the way of what they're trying to do. Like, yes. You know, Christianity is a roadblock. For, That's right. 
their, you know, success. The final frontier. Right. It's the final, the church, the yeah. church is the final frontier. The, the word of God, allegiance to the scriptures. Um, that's the, that's the, that's the last sort of like ax to fall, if yeah. you will. To your point, you're talking about how we have to be careful how we align. Um, Jonathan Van Maren in this article, this LifeSite um, news article, actually refers to a man named Jake Meter. And he, he makes a similar point to what you just said here. And I just kind of want to highlight it because I, it stood out to me. Um, Jake Meter of Mere Orthodoxy, he put it this way when commenting on Rubin's announcement and the response of many conservatives. This is what he said, quote, for a certain type of anti-woke Christian conservative, he put Christian in quotes, being anti-woke matters more than being faithful to church teaching. Mm. <laughs> Continuing on, this is conservatism brought to you by Claremont and the Bronze Age pervert. And loads of professing Christians are apparently 100% fine with it. Mm. The Bronze Age pervert. Listen, there's a lot um, that has become culturally acceptable. And, and I think for Christians, if we don't recalibrate constantly with the scriptures, we will um, inadvertently find ourselves um, accepting those things. Um, again, two weeks ago. Now, I, I just want to be very clear that um, Matt Schlapp has come out and, and said, hey, that's not what that's not what I was trying to do. But a couple of weeks ago, Matt Schlapp tweeted in, in reference to uh, Will Thomas, mm -hmm. who has changed his name to Leah because he wants to identify as a woman who cleaned up the pool area with these women as he competed against them in this NCAA uh, tournament. Um, Matt Schlapp tweeted the following a couple weeks ago, quote, no matter what one, I'm, this is a quote, folks. This is a quote, okay? <laughs> no matter what one thinks of Leah's ability to swim with women, her story deserves our compassion. Mm. So it will be interesting to hear Leah's POV point of view in 30 years in quote. Wow. Now, what I'm happy to say is that that tweet didn't miss some people. Okay. Some people <laughs> now look, and I, and I want to say this, we, we need to take moments where when we read stuff like that, we don't need to just immediately say, okay, wait, give me my anger, Miki. Like, you don't like, I don't, I don't <laughs> want to, to have to like sit and say, let me tell you why that should upset you. What I really <laughs> want, right? Right. Cause, right. cause that can just only get you so far. What I really want is for believers to understand the battle that we're in mm -hmm. so that when we read things like this, like if you were to read this tweet, you know, while you're on vacation and you know, you're not listening to Aaron, the Addison's, which I don't know why you're not, but if you, you know, I'm kidding, I'm just kidding. But if you're on vacation and you're not listening to Aaron the Addisons or any other programming across this network and you don't have anybody commenting on that, you should be able to read that story and go, wait a minute, he used a female pronoun mm -hmm. to refer to this man? Is that a slide here? Like, <laughs> is that like, like what's going on? And then, and then the question would be, what do you expect to be this man's point of view in 30 years that we would need to be concerned about right now? Mm. Like, guys, that's that's a softening yes. of what would be a conservative position. But it's a softening that doesn't have to take place if you're a Christian first. Mm. If if the word of God, if the word of God determines your outrage and determines where you stand and those things that you find appalling, then it's not going to be those cultural shifts that then sort of like, you know, shape you over and again. So here's a story from The Daily Wire. This is back March 8th. 
The chairman of the Conservative Political Action Coalition uh, slammed the left's war on gender following backlash over his tweet about a biologically male swimmer at the center of controversy over the integrity of women's sports. Okay, and then I read to you the tweet. Um, The CPAC chairman's tweet was quickly criticized by conservatives like Abby Johnson, like relatable podcast host Ali Beth Stuckey, American conservative senior editor Rod Dreher, National Pulse editor in chief Raheem Kassam. Um, So these all came out and they were like, wait, what? And I remember I I remember reading uh, some of the tweets and and I, I, you know, look, I just will tell you, I felt like it was the right amount of pressure. Hmm. I felt like it was the right amount of like, okay, are you using female pronouns now? Like, do you expect us to just not see that? Like, what's what is going on? And because here's what we need to understand. And this is the thing that needs to outrage us. When we give in to using people's preferred pronouns and without quotes, using people's newly stated names, what we are doing is agreeing with them. That's right. We, we, we are validating them. Listen, we fall into that category of, okay, you're not doing it, but you're giving approval. You're, you're giving you're validating. Like, why? Why do we need to be concerned? about Will Thomas's point of view in 30 years. No, we need to be concerned about the state of his soul. Hmm. We need to be concerned about the state of his soul. Look, if, if you know, I, I was reading another article at the Babylon Bee. Um, they got banned from Twitter because they named um, the man who calls himself now Rachel Levine. <laughs> All right, the Health and Human Services Secretary, I think he is, um, but identifies, calls himself a woman. They named him Man of the Year. And so Twitter banned them. They, 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 you, that's, that's hateful. Right. That's hateful. Cause so listen, guys, that is when we are allowing the culture to control us that we even for a second pause and say, well, should they have done that? He's a man. <laughs> He's a man. Now, look, I'm going to tell you right now, we might be taken down off, off, off of YouTube. Might be, might, might, might be given a timeout on Facebook. I just, I could not care any less. Could right. not care any less. My allegiance is to Christ. Amen. My care is for his bride. Amen. That we will always tell the truth. Every cell in a man's body says that he's a man. Every cell in a woman's body says that she's a woman. And we have so declined in this culture that now, even for Matt Schlapp to say, now, because he, he went back and he was talking about this and he was saying that we want to make sure that we deal with these issues. But he says, he said, um, in a follow-up interview, we want to deal with these issues always. We want to do so with decency. So, of course, that got me thinking. I'm like, well, what's decency? Hmm. What is decency? How do, how do we define that? Is that something that's just arbitrarily determined based on cultural norms? Or is decency rooted in the moral character, the nature, the makeup of who God is? Is that how we come to know <laughs> what is decent? I mean, we're not talking about an RSVP card. Like, where you know, it's just, right. it's just good manners to say you will or you won't. Right? We're talking about morality here. So what I'm saying is when you've got people and, and look, and I'm not I'm not using cowardly as a pejorative uh, term here. I'm not using it to be hateful. I'm using it truly to say that when it is presented that a person has a fear of man. Or, and, and, and what does that look like? It, it looks like when the culture just sort of, start, sort of starts to push you out mm-hmm. and you just kind of acquiesce. You're, you just give in. You're just like, yeah, OK, well, because we really should. Isn't it mean if we say will? <laughs> but what what are you saying when you say will? You're saying, no, you're a man. Mm-hmm. You're you're a man. Isn't it mean if we say his? Nope. You're saying you're a man. And we actually stand as witnesses that will condemn these people in the last day. They will be reminded of the people who told the truth. 
not in that hour comforted by those who told them lies. This is the moment we part ways Cause this is the road you chose to take away But around love I know me and you ain't the same What about love I know me and you ain't the same Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away And the sea was no more And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this down. Stay with me here. (laughs) Also, he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, it is done. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end to the thirsty. I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Revelation, Revelation chapter 21 Verses one through eight. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And that was What About Love by The Truth. The one who conquers will have this heritage and I will be his God and he will be my son. What What is this heritage? This heritage is to be given from the spring of water of life without payment. And what is this heritage? And also that God will be our God. Mm. But on the other hand, for those who are cowardly or faithless, and it's amazing how, you know, we always, we kind of like to pick and choose. Let me open the phone lines here. 888-589-8840. Yes. (laughs) 888-589-8840. What if cowards lead? That's the question. What happens if our leaders are those who bend to war culture? They cave under the pressure. What happens? What happens? Right. Um, It's so important. It's so important who the leaders are. And which, by the way, I think it was Maxwell, I think many years ago. um, I think he wrote um, about leadership. I feel like it was John Maxwell. And he talked about leadership being influence, Mm. that that's Mm -hmm. that's what leadership is. And so you can have these people like and guys, I'm going to tell you, that's why they keep biggering and biggering their platforms. That's why they they are always asking you to like and subscribe and follow and tell a friend and all of these things. Why? Because as that increases, then so does their influence. Mm. And as their influence increases, then so does their leadership. And so then they begin to speak for these huge groups. I mean, I look, I, look, you know, it's amazing. Um, it's amazing. Unlike any other time, we live in a place where all you have to do is have the right audience and you can be somebody's leader. Mm. Just have the right audience. That's it. 
You can go from making YouTube videos in your basement to telling all of the country what should be done. And people are just like, okay, and but you don't you don't ask questions about character, you don't you don't ask questions about allegiance. You say, well, who are these people tied to and and what do they really think? And and man, I look, man, I love us, okay? I love believers. I love the body of Christ. I sometimes am so grieved that we seem to be the most gullible of the groups. Yeah. Yeah. Like we seem to be the most dupe. You look at the liberals, man, and you can't <laughs> like you know, they have this they have this vetting process where they want to know if you're genuinely with them. Like are you like they want to know where you really are and they don't let in the wishy-washy. Mm. They're like they are like dogmatic, you know? But the Christians you know, we tend to kind of be like, oh, you know what I think he really meant? Man, you know what I mean? Like we, we kind of give yeah. a lot of like, you know, yeah. and so we say, so then that's our leader. That's our leader. And I think some of it is, you know, yeah, we're, we're trying to be gentle. We're trying to be, you know, but man, I, I just don't see any other groups doing that. They're like, no, you're not liberal enough. <laughs> you're not pushing the ball um, along far enough. We want more. Yeah. We need more. In fact, we demand more. And that's what we see happening. That's what we see coming from them. What I'm saying is we cannot be cowards. We cannot follow cowards. Mm. And, w- and look, when I say cowards, don't think of people ducking bullets, like literal bullets, right? I'm, I'm talking about the cultural ones. Yeah. The ones where, you know, it's like you're not going to be accepted here. You're not going to be welcomed here. You're not going to be invited here. You're not going to get to do this. Just you have to have a certain don't careness about you. Where you have to, you have to be okay. You have to say, "I'm not going to be invited here. I'm not going to do this. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't care. I'm going to tell the truth because at the at the last day, the one alone before whom you will stand is God. Amen. That's it. That's it. And we must act in a way that is consistent with our belief in that, because to act otherwise is very telling of what we actually really believe. To the phone lines we go: 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Will the Great, where do we go first? All right, let's go to Keith in Michigan. Hi, Keith. Hello. Thank you for Hello. taking my call. Mm-hmm. One of the things that has been really saddened me, so I was just talking to my wife this morning, is that we are, I, both of us are encountering, encountering friends that we knew in college 30 years ago that have said, are saying woke ideologies, Mm. and also saying things from the emergent church. And it really saddens us that we're like, here's another believer that we thought was strong in Mm. college. They were fired up, and they were witnessing Mm. to people, and they were reading the Bible and studying Mm. and arguing, and we were debating uh, not ideological things, but theological things and Mm -hmm. taking things that are the eschatology and really getting down deep into Mm -hmm. God's word. And then here's another Facebook post of saying, we have to be friends with the homosexuals. We have to, and and there's nothing wrong with being friends because we have to, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but not to encourage or um, concur Mm-hmm. with their lifestyle right. and it's so saddening to see christians accept christians we thought were strong in the faith mm. that are now accepting sin mm. Mm. man you know even Man. as you were you were saying that 
I was thinking about the the clear warning that we have about the race not being given to the swift or to the strong, but to he who endures to the end. Mm-hmm. And and I think that what we are seeing is a lack of the type of endurance that we thought made up Christians that we were in fellowship with. Yeah, we thought, you know, we all have this, um, <clears throat> excuse me, this ability to go the distance, and and not that we put a lot of stock in that person, just that person disconnected from the power of the spirit of God who indwells us. But it's that we thought we saw evidence of fruit and we thought, man, you know, we, we all are saying the same thing because we're all coming back to the same text. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it really points to the great draw and the great pull of the culture. I think it also points to the different types of soil that Jesus talked about, you know, for the gospel being planted. And and I think um, some of these things, although it seems a little bit um, um, maybe light to say that these things fall into the category of cares of this world because they're deep, deep destructive philosophies, but they really are kind of held up by the cares of this world. Yeah. Right. They're held up by um, how do you answer the problem? What about the question of suffering? Mm. What about inequities? That's having a moment right now. Right. So these are the cares of this world that people don't feel like they can answer those uh, questions from the authority of scripture. And so then they find a philosophy to kind of meet their need. Yeah. And therein is the hook, and that's all the enemy needs, just one hook to draw you away. That's right. And it's sad, but I'm going to tell you, um, man, great is our reward, those of us who can endure to the end. Great, great is our reward that there is nothing that we put above Jesus Christ, absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing. Jesus himself is very clear about this, that if we put anything above him, we're not worthy of him. I mean, and isn't that a fact? I mean, come mm. on, I don't even need to, like, what more can you add to that? All right, Will the Great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to uh, Pat in Mississippi. Hi, Pat. Hi there. Guys, hello. I really love your sh- Hello, can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Go right ahead. Hi, I love your show so very much. Thank you so um, much. I, I wanted to um, just put this out there. You know, you talked about those that um, I am a conservative those that we listen to that um, also claim to be conservative, but like for Dave Rubin, you know, his situation as far as homosexuality. How often do you hear of those who are fiscal conservatives but liberal in their social ideology? Mm. Um, and I'm wondering if there are more of those in the conservative movement that mm. uh, than we know of, um, that they're great on the, on the fiscal side. But socially, you know, they lean more left. Yeah, yeah. I would I would Go say ahead, that Wilbur. they are more fiscally conservative, conservative conservatives. But even that is shrinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I think there would be more. I think there would be more than social conservatives. I mean, yeah. um, but I think even the fiscal conservatives are like beginning to dwindle as well. Yeah, yeah. I I really think some something that has been troubling to me is the type of I what I perceive to be manipulation. Um, there is a certain manipulation of Christians who are conservative politically. Mm-hmm. And so what you have is you usually have these leaders who will come out and say, you know what gets them going? Just tell them you're going to save the country. Just tell them, just tell them that you're going to, you're going to, um, you're going to uh, uh, give them a better economic situation. Mm. Um, and oh, oh, oh. And also they like the uh, conversations about borders. So, so you do those things yeah. um, and, and, and they will, they don't care 
and and please excuse me here, but I, I just I, I want to make this as, as clear as I know how to make. They don't care who you go to bed with. Mm. They don't care who you celebrate. They don't they don't even really care if you believe what you say, but they wow. like to hear you say it. Wow. And so then what happens is because we are not like, let me, let me tell you, I get a picture of this and then we'll go back to the phone lines here. I get a picture of this. You guys remember the old, like, um, you remember the old Looney Tunes cartoons where you'd have a picture of, um, okay, so it was the Roadrunner mm-hmm. and then Wile E. Coyote, right? Yeah. And they would always have like these pictures and, and it could be in any place, but it was like um, Wile E. Coyote is going over a cliff because he's going after the roadrunner and it seemed like he would get what he wanted and he'd be holding on to the roadrunner. And, but then he was going over the cliff. And so he realized that if he dropped the roadrunner, he maybe could flap his arms and save himself. But, but the roadrunner, that thing that he wanted was so appealing that he was like, "Mm, I'm just going to crash into the ground. I'm just going to, I'm just going to hold on to this thing. And I'm not. And, and I think about that in a sense of that the Lord is calling us to come to him for our salvation. Right. Mm-hmm. But we have these things that we're holding on to and we can look at those things and we're like, if I keep holding on to this, I'm going to crash. But we're like, that thing right there is that I, I want that so badly mm-hmm. that I'm unwilling to come to like salvation. Right. I'm unwilling to desire that. And I think in our country, that has been sort of the hook that the Lord has blessed us so much. We are such a rich nation and God has been so kind to us. And unfortunately we have taken that kindness and we've turned it into idolatry mm. that we love our country more than we love God. And we love, we love the things that make our nation great more than we love the one who made it great. And God judges us because of that. Mm. God judges us because of that. I want you to understand that when God judged Israel, He had preserved for them and he had brought them into a land that they could not have brought themselves into. Guys, think of our history here. God did that for them. And they got into that land and they got comfortable and they took up with the people around them and they became just like them. And because God loved them, he judged them. God's judgment is not separated from his love. And I fear for our country because we have found ourselves in a place and we don't even recognize it. That if you want raucous applause, you tell a person, save this country. But you tell a person, preserve the gospel. And they're just like, yeah, yeah. But, you know, <laughs> guys, I, I have great concern about that. Back to the phone lines. Will be great. Where do we go? All right, let's go to Tommy in Texas. Hi, Tommy. Hey, how are you doing? Good. I, good. You know, um, I look at King David and look at his sins, and then look at our own sins. And we have to call sin what it is. It is a behavior. Hmm. We, 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 a lot of people know what they're supposed to be doing, and we know what the Bible says, but that behavior that, that comes out of us is that sin that is in all of us. And I honestly think that the transgender problem, let's call it what it is. It is a behavior. And if we change the behaviors of of enough, the hearts will change as well. I think we can we can turn this country around um, in a in a short period of time. But we have to call the behaviors out. What is sin? 
Yeah, Tommy, I would I would add to I would add to your points because I mean I think you're making an excellent point that it is behavior, but it also is a state of being. It is a posture and a position that we take before God. Rebellion against God is sin. So when we live in that way, so a person may not act out on those things, but just identifying himself or herself in that way sets them as the enemy of God. And God is judging that. He's not overlooking it. We're out of time until tomorrow. Lord willing. God bless.